Hi, I'm Tyra G, your host of Frankly Speaking with Tyra G. Welcome again to our virtual global gathering of phenomenal listeners. Fearsome and generous, humble and honest in pursuit of new possibilities and purpose. You know, here we dig deep and we come up strong. We bravely walk into places where tradition tells us uh, there's some things you don't talk about. Well, not at this table. And no matter how hard judgment knocks, it cannot get in. Beloved, we live here beyond the wreckage and the judgment. Every week we experience, educate, encourage, and empower each other. We have a firm belief that everyone not only has a story, but everyone is a story. So we share aha moments and stories that have been left in our pockets for too long. Although many of you will speak light into darkness, there is no insignificant person around this table. Each week we start right where we are. The dress code is your authenticity, your inner awesome, and your belief that impossible is merely a word to describe the degree of difficulty. Frankly speaking, with Tyra G is one of my most ambitious dreams. I thank God for remembrance of each of you, your gifts of ideas, your presence, and your encouragement. They inspire. I can't do this without you. Thanks so very much. You're listening to Radio Fairfax, Fairfax, Virginia. Cablecast on Cox and Verizon Files, Channel 37, and Comcast, Channel 27, in Reston. And we are worldwide webcasted on the internet at www.radiofairfax.org every Saturday evening at 8 p.m. Should you miss us, no worries. You can catch our archive, Frankly Speaking, shows with Tyra G. uh, wherever you get your favorite podcast. And if you just feel like connecting with me offline, you know that's easy. I enjoy hearing from you. Email me at tyra at tyragarlington.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. And thank you, Courtney Nero, for composing and performing our Frankly Speaking theme song. And for naming it, I'm listening. For five years, Frankly Speaking with Tyra G has been telling thematic stories to touch the mind, the heart, and the spirit. They've been multicultural and intergenerational, educational and inspirational, and they've been told by you, my cohorts, my listeners, thank you so much. However, during this ongoing season of uncertainty and unrest, we've all been touched by a fresh sense of fragility in ourselves and in our social systems. This is a testing time. This is a time to accept that empathy should be unlimited. This is a time to realize that you're doing better than you think you are. This is a time to reimagine what is essential. This is time for believers to remember that the author of the book of Genesis in the Bible is also the author of the book of Revelation. He is still in the miracle business. So this is a time to be encouraged. This month, Frankly Speaking, is focusing once again on phenomenal women and how we embrace and manage our universal experiences, 
our rainbows and our clouds, our courage and our resolve. We are a journey, not a destination, a process, not an event. Even when we're still, we are motion, loving, serving, nurturing, encouraging, and empowering. We are love, and love does. But sometimes we get stuck between our no longer, the familiar, the habits, and our not yet, who we were created to be. And we may ask the question, am I enough? By the way, the right answer is a resounding yes. So to check out our common moment of mindfulness today, we're going to look at how external mirrors often mess with our internal worthiness. In the words of life coach and award-winning author, Diana Von Sant, in her book Until Today, written in 2000, I quote, Life will work for me when I accept. The labels placed on me don't always fit. Society with its structures, expectations, and divisions has fostered certain ideas about women that are not always flattering. There are many people who believe that strong women are not feminine and that assertive women cannot be trusted. My all-time favorite is that women who exhibit exhibit any degree of clarity about who they are and what they want are dangerous. Don't forget that bossy woman is domineering, and that makes her the B word. We won't bother to mention the myths that women are not as smart as men or that they can't handle money as well. The point here is there's some people who believe these things about women, and some of these people are women. Labels define Often labels set up expectations. Labels prescribe how much, how little, and sometimes how long a thing can be used. Labels are descriptive. Labels are protective. And labels can be removed. It just may be time that we take the labels off women. It's probably more accurate to say it's time for women to take the labels off themselves. In order for a woman to realize that she's more than a mother, more than a wife, more than what she earns, or what she does to earn a living, she must know her own worth. It means she must test herself and her limits. A woman must learn to describe herself and establish her own expectations for herself. A woman must encourage herself. She must support and nurture herself. She must be willing to be disliked. She must be willing to violate the descriptions and the confines placed on her. Until today, you may have placed defining, confining labels of unworthiness on women. But just for today, think about women as people. Think of women as human beings and doing. They are divine energy of God. Now, for any of you who follow me, you know in my manifest, I commit to encouraging and empowering women to walk in their worthiness. I'm amazed at the number of young, smart, beautiful women I meet who are not yet comfortable in that space. My guest today is walking in her worthiness, doing the work, paying the dues, and gracefully managing the rewards. I want to welcome to the table Ms. Felicity Smith. 
a phenomenal woman with a servant's heart. The first time I met her, she was like a breath of fresh air. Her story will amaze and encourage and excite anyone who has ever felt left out, left behind, or left over. But let me not talk about her. Let her talk to you personally. Felicity, the mic is yours. Thanks so much, Tyra. It's really great to be here. Uh, So a bit about me. I'm originally from New Jersey, the youngest of four girls. I am completely obsessed with mountains. So (laughs) whether that's hiking or rock climbing, that it's like my happy place. Like it's that sigh. It's that rest, you know, when you get that feeling. Um, So love the mountains. Um, My husband is truly my best friend and the greatest champion of the work that I do. Mm. And it was actually, it was actually Virginia Tech that brought me out to this area. So that's kind of how I came to this area. And in 2021, I did what I never could have imagined myself doing. Uh, I actually founded a nonprofit called Legacy Impact, uh, which I'm now the executive director of. And my work really is one of my passions. Uh, It's funny because sometimes Sometimes I feel like I stumbled into this adventure, but really when I look back over my life, my family, my experiences even during the pandemic, I've kind of seen how like, wow, no, I was being prepared for this, honestly. Um, But yeah, this journey for me uh, really began when I led the CityServe food distribution of Mountaintop Church in the height of covid And that was honestly, it was such an incredible experience. So we had thousands of boxes of fresh food every week Mm. that we distributed to our organizational partners. And then they would go and distribute those boxes of fresh food to those most in need. And it was one of those times where it was like we all knew, okay, this, this is the right response in a time of crisis. Yes. Um, But really... It was like as time went on, I found this tension growing within me mm-hmm. because as I'm sure you and all of our listeners know, COVID really just highlighted the challenges that had always been there. They had always been in our community. Um, and so that was really what sent me on this journey with my current board members of looking at creating a nonprofit that goes beyond crisis response, ah. that looks to not simply alleviate the experiences of those in poverty, but to practically and holistically empower individuals so that poverty cycles don't continue. Um, and, you know, when I consider why I'm so passionate about what I do, a lot of thoughts come to mind. Again, it's that kind of like, whoa, I, I can look back over my life and see how I've been kind of prepared for this. Um, sometimes it's just the thought of of our families that we work with in Manassas and the, the drive they have to learn English or to come to our women empowerment workshops because they want to impact the legacies of their families. Um, sometimes for me, the passion comes even just from my own parents' stories, their experiences and especially my mom, who was actually on one of the last freedom flights out of Cuba. Mm. But truly, 
at the end of it all, you know, when I come to the end of all my thoughts, really what inspires me most of all is just this desire that I have for every person I interact with, whether it's the underprivileged families that we're working with, my own friends and family, donors, volunteers, a complete stranger, <laughs> whoever it is. Um, really, my my heart is that I would live my life in a way that people would be able to see how deep God's love is for them. Because at the end of the day, he, he is my greatest inspiration. You know, he's the one who gets me up going and, and gets me excited uh, about what I'm doing. So it's a little bit about me. <laughs> That's, uh, it may be a few words, but it's a whole lot. Um, I love the <laughs> fact that uh, your goal is to align your beliefs with your behaviors and for the world to see that. Before uh, we stray too far, you uh, we have an international audience, so always let them know when we talk about Manassas, Felicity's talking about uh, Manassas, Virginia. We're in northern Virginia, northern part of the state. Mm-hmm. But help our listeners walk into the neighborhood that you're serving. Tell them what they'll see in terms sure. of housing. What are the families like? What would they hear? Um, what are the kids yeah. doing? Would you do that? Yeah. Great question. I love it. I love it. So I can, I've done this drive so many times. I can, I can do it in my head right now. So it's, it's interesting. So the neighborhood that we're specifically working in is called Georgetown South. Mm-hmm. And it's, there's a, a town called Old Town Manassas. Yes. And it, that's kind of like the, simply speaking, the quote unquote nicer part of town. Mm-hmm. And you cross the train tracks, which is, ironic because so often people have that thing of oh across the tracks right a whole different but it truly I cross the tracks every day and I see a whole different reality um but when you enter enter the neighborhood and really the area we're working in mm-hmm. some of what you'll see is family mm-hmm. you will see kids you will I, I love, I see the kids in the afternoon, they're out, they're playing soccer nonstop. <laughs> Sometimes they, they're so excited and they're screaming and scoring and uh, it can be a little disruptive when our English classes are going, but I'm, I applaud it because I'd rather kids be out there playing than always yes. on some video games. And, you yes, know, excellent. Right there. Mm-hmm. But really, truly, when when I step into that neighborhood, I have been amazed by how welcomed I have been. Um, you know, we're still still in that place always of building trust and wanting to be, not wanting to just be a peacekeeper or someone bringing good there, but wanting to actually build true lifetime relationships with individuals. Mm. Um, and something that has amazed me is the community we're in. They are welcoming. They really are just so welcoming. And, and I mean, in terms of food, in terms of smiles, hugs, I mean, people I meet for the first time, we're hugging. Um, and part of that, actually, part of that, I would say, warmth, cultural warmth that you get um, is because the community that we're in is predominantly um, from Spanish-speaking countries. 
Okay. And so, yeah, so it's it's kind of like this melting pot of Central and South America, and so you've got a lot of fun foods and flavors and smells, and but a lot <laughs> of Spanish. <laughs> that um, I I lived with a Mexican family uh, in Saltilla, Cohia, uh, after I graduated from college, and I wanted oh. to learn the culture. I spoke no Spanish. They spoke, <laughs> they spoke no English. By the end of the summer, uh, Ignacio and Raul uh, were five and seven. They were about to have, uh, they, they enjoyed being around me because in order to navigate a shower, food, or whatever, uh, I had to learn. So they enjoyed teaching yeah. me. And I know you obviously have the facility for the language and it works, but I found them to be so warm, so mm-hmm. uh, welcoming, uh, so mm-hmm. and so patient. And uh, the mom was a school teacher, and she often had uh, young nurses there. And the desire to become better was one of the things that I felt at all times. And when you and I have just briefly talked, the things you're able to do seems mm. to be because of their desire to mm-hmm. to be better to to accomplish to achieve and um i want to i want to i see i see the kids i see them playing soccer i see them in my <laughs> head and i see because i know old town manassas i see the railroad tracks that mm-hmm. you're crossing and yes that's a metaphor for a lot of things that we've had in the united mm-hmm. states the separation the train mm-hmm. tracks have separated from the haves and the have-nots. So I think that people probably understand uh, how about, uh, are there houses, are there um, individual houses, are there public housing apartments? What, what, do, what does it look like in terms mm-hmm. of housing? In terms of housing, they're all um, like townhouse style, so they're all connected. Okay. And Yes, and it's all considered um, affordable housing. Okay, okay. So um, now you're going to take me on a day with you, okay? Okay. So I'm in the car, and we've crossed the railroad tracks, and it's after school, and I look over in the field, and the kids are doing what kids do, and they're loud, and it's wonderful, and their energy, and they're not facing a screen. Uh, what, what will happen now? What, what are we going to do? Goodness. So we probably started earlier. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Yep. We started even earlier. That's okay. So we drove in that morning. Okay. It, it's, it's funny because with the work I do, if you don't want a mundane position, come join me <laughs> because <laughs> I sometimes get someone like, okay, so what's your normal nine to five? And I'm like, well, it's not always nine to five even, you know, <laughs> it's whatever's needed. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's partially what's needed, but so kind of a typical, I'll give a couple different typical things that could, could be happening in a day. So, um, in certain days, it could be that we've got one of our English classes, English as a second language classes going and it's in the the community center and we'll say it's our morning English class. So it's packed with women. Um, maybe there's one man, (laughs) Usually the men are in the the evening classes Mm -hmm. and being in that class, I try to try to step into one class a week 
because it's where, for me, that's where I have that moment of, let's see, this is why you do what you do. Okay. Let's see, this is why you're doing, honestly, the boring administration side of things or figuring out how to update website, whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. It's in those moments of seeing our incredible teachers working and giving it their all, seeing these moms and sisters and, and adults who are who are not just learning English, but are truly helping one another. Like that's, that's what gets me so often is mm-hmm. watching, uh, you know, kind of a, someone who's a little higher in English helping someone who maybe just is struggling that day. Because mm-hmm. sometimes there's one topic that you don't get and there's another that you do. Right. Um, yeah, so we'd probably go into the classroom and you would probably leave with me just in full smiles. Like I I feel like I'd leave every time just smile ear to ear. Um, and then from there, you know, we'd probably have some networking meetings, meeting with potential donors, that type of thing, preparing for the board. But another phase that, that I love is, is what I kind of say dreaming. Mm-hmm. which is really just um, planning for future programming. Okay. So we, we've got, yeah, we've got two different future programs that will bring, that will be specifically geared towards those kids that you saw in your head on the soccer field. Okay. Field. Um, and so those are in the works, but maybe in the evening uh, or in the, the late afternoon, you and I go and we join one of our women empowerment workshops. Okay. And maybe this one is our health and nutrition, and we're talking about heart health. We're, we're looking at a normal um, Spanish kind of dish, whether that's tamales or arroz con pollo, whatever it is, and we're looking at, all right, what can we add in to boost up nutrition? Maybe we're doing some a little exercises, some movements after. Mm-hmm. Um, and then maybe we're finishing our day off meeting with some of the different individuals that are a part of the different programs we have and just honestly just checking in with them. Because Tyra, I have been, there have been multiple times where in hindsight I have thought I'm so glad I just asked. Whether yeah. it's I get asking, that. You know? Where, I do. I do. I'll, I'll share this quick story. A, a couple weeks ago, I just re- it was just on my heart to reach out to one of the um, English students, just check in, see how she was doing. Mm-hmm. And she let me know that she wasn't going to continue on with one of the classes. And I was, I was shocked because I was shocked, but also not because, you know, sometimes new job opens up or um, schedules change or the kid's really sick. You know, things mm-hmm. happen. Life mm-hmm. happens. <laughs> life does. But life happens. <laughs> but I, I asked a little bit further just to check, like, hey, okay, that's fine. Everything okay? And she shared with me because of, um, we'll just say because of different family circumstances, mm-hmm. um, finances were not going to allow her to pay for the book at the next class. So. Oh. All our English classes, the English class is free. We just ask each student to pay for the book because then it gives 
it gives you the buy-in. You know, it's, it's absolutely. Saying, I got I'm you. Worth, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm worth paying for that book. I'm worth taking this class. Mm-hmm. Um, but when she told me that right away, I was like, legacy impact will scholarship you. Like it's, it's not even a question. Like, <laughs> yeah, we got you. We got you. Yes. yes. But in hindsight, I've had so many moments like that, Tyra, where I've just been, whether it's send, and it's funny because sometimes it's just sending a text message to mm-hmm. check in. Other times it's, it's calling and other times it's, Hey, after English class, come to my office for 15 minutes. Let's just connect. I want to hear how you are. Yes. Um, yeah. So our day, you know, can go, you know, what you place. said, um, well, a, a little while ago, uh, when we walk, when we go into the community, what you feel is family. And I don't know if you've looked at it that way, but that's what you're representing when you make the ask, when you invite mm. them to the office afterwards, mm. or when you just show up. You know, being present is often yeah. the greatest gift we can give, you know? I love that, yeah. And... um the you that I know would be like, oh, here comes sunshine. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, I want, um, because I, I already have this in my head, our listeners won't understand what your model is like. Okay. Mm-hmm. Y- you were um, deciding who got what food, making sure they got it during pandemic. And then yes. the idea came to you. I want more than just delivering food. I want to deliver hope. I want to expand yes. minds, et cetera. So how, you know, like you're a nonprofit and you mm-hmm. decide to do this. What did you have to do and what does it look like? Yeah. So in terms of like what we're kind of our model. Of yes. We're okay. So for us, we really took kind of this, step back. I also was mentored by incredible people when I was in kind of the, uh, the analysis part of it all. Uh-huh. Basically, it's like you go through a, a series where, all right, you, you decide where you want to focus physically in terms of a location. So mm-hmm. for us, that's Manassas. Mm-hmm. And then you, you get all the analysis done, professional, looking at the census, figuring different things out. Um, And then you normally would go in and kind of answer the need that you saw. So it's almost like analysis shows you the need, and then a nonprofit would go in and deliver upon the need. Mm -hmm. But some of the best advice that I was given was actually don't go in and do for a community what you could do with the community. Mm. And the only way to actually do anything with the community is actually to go and sit and listen and hear from them of, uh, you know, hear from a mom of, Hey, if I had support in this way, or if I had this resource, yes, I could see myself better supporting my kid so that the school, my kid is doing better in school or is just going to school or staying in school is, is mm-hmm. really the big one. Mm-hmm. Um, so we took time to really sit and hear from the community that we're in now for what, you know, what is it that you guys see? Not us coming in from the outside, knowing all the things. No, you're in the community. You're walking this out day by day. What do you see? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that that was kind of the the initial starting 
point for us, Mm -hmm. but it was done in the framework of we have seen um, just other nonprofits who've really done it well Mm -hmm. by almost looking at the whole reality of the person and the family by looking not just in one sector, but how do we create um, really holistic empowerment? So for us, we look at the areas, we consider the areas of health, education, housing, and employment. And we see those really as like our four pillars. So any programming we do, any partnerships we have, we're all we're, we're thinking, okay, what pillar is that under? It, does this keep us in our in our vision, in our mission? Right. And what pillar is that under? Because in order for generational poverty or just poverty cycles to break and for upward mobility to be a reality, those four pillars really have to be, really need to be in place. Um, doesn't mean they all have to be perfect, but they can't, if they're like broken or just not there, the chances of someone being able to move out of the place of poverty are incredibly diminished. Absolutely. Um, so I yeah, wanted so to just framework. when um, you were doing uh, needs assessment, your model for that part of it was to do with rather than to do for. So you were actually Mm -hmm. immersing yourself in the community and whatever you heard came in under the umbrella of health, education, housing, and employment. Am I getting this right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yes. Yep. Okay. So then you just kind of skipped over this, but where do your teachers come from? Who are they? (laughs) I love it. I love it. That is one of those where you more and more, I'm like being in the right place at the right time, Tyra. I mean, (laughs) it is, it's hilarious. The stories I can tell of whether it's volunteers or even key donors, whatever it may be. Uh So one of, one of our teachers, uh, he actually is from a Spanish speaking country originally. So Mm -hmm. he, he kind of have, he has a fun uh, way of teaching because he he's like I've been in your seat okay <laughs> you know he's like I know exactly what you're going through mm-hmm. um, so one of our board members was personally connected with him mm-hmm. and we shared the vision with him and he said I'm in oh he, wow he was just like I'm in uh, so he's been teaching English as a second language with us for two two years this July um, consistently like nonstop. So we're looking to, to get some new ESL teachers to give them kind of a break, let them, <laughs> let them step away for a little bit. And then our other um, English as a second language teacher, mm-hmm. she is, she's one of those people where if I could multiply her, oh my goodness, Tyra. I would. <laughs> <laughs> she, you mean you can't wiggle your nose and, and make a duplicate? <laughs> you can't clone no. her? <laughs> oh gosh, no. Unfortunately, I can't. Um, but she actually also came about from one of my board members was connected. Uh, I think they, they were, I can't even remember how they knew each other, but it was like a friend. And again, same thing. We shared the vision and she was like, I'm all in. And she went so all in that she teaches multiple English classes with us. I I don't know how she does it. (laughs) Um, 
So she's incredible. And then in terms of like our woman empowerment workshop. Yeah, I was interested. In so, those. yes. So we, that's where Legacy Impact is all about. How can we work with the community as a whole, whether that's other nonprofits, other businesses, other mem- leaders. Um, and so that's where we're able to really hone in on that is through the woman empowerment workshops. Mm-hmm. So like we've, we've got it. Let, uh, leading up so that we have uh, a nutritionist coming in and she's a personal nutritionist fitness coach so we're bringing her in we're working with two different uh, martial arts mm. people we're not doing martial arts <laughs> um, but we're going to have self-defense and situational awareness classes mm. mm-hmm. um, yeah and then we've got financial literacy and we're bringing oh, the family put a comma there Put a comma there. Yes. I uh, I have talked to several people, obviously, that are doing good works. And one of the things I happened to get in on one of them uh, for women transitioning from uh, incarceration and mm. working with them in terms of financial literacy. And I did not understand until that time how much that is needed. I don't care where you are yes. in the community. It's needed. There are certain, yeah. I don't know how we just skip that, you know, yeah. uh, teaching yeah. us how to read, but not how to take care of the money. And, mm-hmm. and you're trying to break poverty. And mm-hmm. I guess I just interrupted you, didn't I? Okay. That's all right. Uh, the love, the I, financial I literacy <laughs> is so important. And I did not, I did not want to go too far into this because I know our listeners understand that one of your critical success factors is collaboration and Mm -hmm. in the community with your instructors uh you just lay it out there and they go i'm in and that's the power that's the power of uh well that's the power (laughs) that that's what we need (laughs) we need to be able to encourage and empower people Mm -hmm. and engage engage is a good word so mm-hmm. you're saying that, yes, ESL is very important. However, there are things around the language that are important, and they yes. have to do with health, uh, other things, I guess. Yeah, self-defense yes. and all. Yep. Okay, so what, you, what you're describing to us, what I'm hearing is your model has a broad scope. Your model is touching so much of their lives. It sort of it seems to be like, what do you need mm-hmm. today? And you're able mm-hmm. to find a way to accomplish that. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if we we are not looking to reinvent any wheels, so okay. a lot of times it's also me saying, "Hey, I know another nonprofit who's got that." Excellent. Thing, you know. Yes. Which is also why I'm always I'm always trying to learn and on the lookout of okay, what's out there? Mm-hmm. We, the thing that I, I have said um, to certain individuals is, hey, part of my position is just being a connector. I, I think I shared this with you, Tyra. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times, lower income, underprivileged, underserved communities are referred to as under-resourced. Yes. And with Manassas, where we specifically are, I have actually started to disagree specifically with where we are disagree with that term because as I've 
as I'm slowly but surely learning and growing, mm-hmm. I'm seeing that we're not under-resourced, we're under-connected. I love that, like, and I know that's true. You know? Yes, yes, yeah. I've experienced that. Yeah. Yep. And so, sure, there, you know, there are resources that that may be further away, even physically. But mm-hmm. for me, then it's like, okay, then let's bring it into the neighborhood. Okay, then let's let's host someone to come and do this closer by. Yes. Um, so that that re- but the resources there. How do we just connect communities? Now, are you having resources? success? Um, I, I mentioned collaboration before. Are you having success when you reach out and you identify a need in another nonprofit uh, when you have the conversations, uh, connecting conversations? Are you getting a lot of resistance or a lot of approval and help? I think approval. I mean, as of yet, it's more so been since we're a newer small nonprofit, yes. it's more of us just getting to know the other nonprofits. Mm-hmm. Um, and even that's the funny thing is it's like sometimes sometimes I feel like there's so many hats at this job. It's hilarious. I've realized that I'm also just the relationship builder. <laughs> Whether <it's laughs> but sometimes that's the most important person. <laughs> yep. Yep. But yeah, it's even with other nonprofits. So even... And you would be amazed. I think sometimes people have this perspective that like nonprofits can be competitive with each other. And I'm sure that's a reality in some, you know, in some Mm -hmm. ways, Mm -hmm. but I really have been so encouraged by how, how many nonprofits are just looking of, okay, how can we collaborate? How can we work together? Okay. You know, like, how can we complement each other so yes. that this work can get done, so yes. that impact can happen? And I think uh, having worked for Fairfax County and looking all the umbrella uh, nonprofits that were mm. doing the same kinds of thing have finally realized what the goal is. The goal mm. isn't us as a singular thing. The goal is us as a game changer together. Yes. And yes. it's been proven, it's been proven the efficiency of collaboration. So you're not duplicating, mm-hmm. you know. And, uh, yeah, yeah I, I'm excited that, that you're finding this out. This is beautiful. Uh, yeah. Uh, while, while we're talking about collaboration and what you're learning, why don't you tell our listeners if they wanted to know more about what you were doing how could they reach you? I mean, simplest way is probably either just by our website. Uh, you can literally send a direct email to our admin email from our website. So uh, if you if you want to learn more that way, you okay. would just simply type in the T-H-E legacy impact dot org. Um, and I have... I have access to that email. So you can even specifically be like, hey, I heard Felicity on the radio would love to further connect. So that's probably okay. one of the easiest. But you can also find us on LinkedIn and Facebook and Instagram. <laughs> We're almost everywhere except TikTok. Oh, please. Yes, I'm sorry. <laughs> and I see that was a stimulus response. I'm not supposed to that, delete that, listeners. I didn't say that. Okay, so we know that Legacy Impact has a social media presence and they have a website. Um, 
I suspect that uh, many people, many people are doing good work. And I always like to say, hey, if you want to connect, how do you do that? And mm-hmm. uh, I wanted to put that out there before I forgot. That's the, that's the main reason. Okay, so now let's talk a little bit more about the empowerment workshops. Uh, mm-hmm. We now have <clears throat> nutrition, fitness, self-defense, and these are all life skills, right? Yes. Yep. And financial yep. literacy. Okay. So what seems to be the most prominent need? Where, what, where would we find the greatest uh, number of people coming uh, repeatedly to get involved in empowerment? So these workshops that I named off to you, and those are just the start. There's actually a couple more. Those are actually jump-starting uh, April. Okay. So our, first, our first round of Women Empowerment Workshops were actually specifically on, um, really they were on going through one's worth, one's value. Um, oh, good. How do I, yeah, yeah, it was kind of looking at how do I practically care for myself so that I can better care for my kids. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so some, with some of the woman empowerment workshops, they'll kind of actually steer more under the mental health side of things. Okay. And... Yeah, so, and that really came about um, really just, honestly, I was driving in the car one day and was thinking about our English classes and kind of this realization of, okay, an individual can progress in English and all these different things, but if they don't have this self-confidence to apply for the better paying job, to just talk to their boss about, hey, I want to raise, then that's not going to happen. And so it really put this shift of, Hey, we got to get some like, and it, that thought also came about, I will say, from meeting with two different students and, and just listening and hearing from them. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the heart. So I can tell you uh, at the end of 2023, when all these workshops will kind of have their first <laughs> full run through what it looks like. Yeah. Well, I remember, and this, you, you, we weren't talking about empowerment workshops, but when I heard you speak, you talked about a story of a young woman mm. who was thinking yes. about not coming back and how the class responded. Can you share that? Yes. Oh, yes. That story gets me. So it was uh, it was our English class, and one of our students came in. I, I'm going to call her Ana Maria. Um, That's not her name, but we're just going to call her that for today. So she came in and she usually comes in smiles and ready to go. And she is just the sweetest. Mm -hmm. She came in and I mean, her face was just downcast. Like it it was, it couldn't have been more evident. Um, And so really quickly, (laughs) the whole room changes from English to Spanish because it's like, what's going on? What's happening? And so all the students surround Ana Maria and our teacher comes over and they're all like, what's going on? Like, what, what happened? Why are you, why do you look so sad? Mm-hmm. And she explained that when she was getting ready to leave for English class that morning, um, an individual in her family basically was like, why are you going to English class? You haven't learned anything. Mm-hmm. You haven't made any improvement. 
Um, ironically, that individual does not speak English, so th- they actually don't know whether or not she's been improving. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so they couldn't make but, the judgment, no. <laughs> so they couldn't really make the judgment. However, our students literally, as they were surrounding her, began just speaking all these words of encouragement and pointing out, no, Anna Maria, do you remember when you got that homework section or do you remember when you got this, whatever it may be, and her whole countenance changed, drastically changed. Um, And it's been, it's, it's one of those moments where you're just like, whatever space you're in, whether you are a college student, whether you're in your first job and you're struggling, whether you're a new mom and it's tough, whatever space you're in, we all need it. We all need those people who are going to surround us and, and encourage us and say, no, this is who you are. No, you, you are better. No, I remember, you know, Yes, you messed up that one moment. Well, look at all these other moments you you succeeded. You there know? you go. There so. you go. <laughs> and you know, I, I can, you know, me and my visions. I can see that. <laughs> and um, one's worth, one's value, uh, is like a key that opens the door. Mm-hmm. And what I've heard you describe just then was a classroom full of empathy, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was not at the point where she could encourage herself, but they were there and had the empathy to encourage her. Now, I'm, I'm just wondering, as I listen to you, um, how, did, how did you get here? I mean, who were your heroes and sheroes that, that <laughs> made you think, I can do this. This is good. This is what I need to do. Where did where'd you come from? Oh, that's a great question, Tyra. <laughs> Where did I come from? I mean, not biologically. I meant, you know. Yeah, I, know. I think so part of it, part of it was I definitely saw growing up, I, I saw the stories of my parents. Uh, so whether it was them sharing little bits and pieces here and there, um, I, I saw how I'll just I'll just share the little quick little story. So for me, I really saw how when my mom came over to the United States, her family was able to make it and then move forward because um, an organization, it was actually a church, came around them and supported them before mm. you know when they were just newly there had nothing absolutely nothing yeah um so really it was part of it is i've seen both of my parents kind of take this nothingness and turning turning it into something where you're like how do they how do how are they even where they are today yes um, mm-hmm. even just in terms of the the word that comes to mind is, is grit yep i think my parents and even just honestly some books that I've read of people who just have this grit and this just, I will not quit. And even something I love saying to myself is you're going to fail, but let's fail forward. Um, And that's something that I've even seen with my parents is taking the 
hardships, the trials, the troubles, um, the sorrows of life Mm -hmm. and, and not letting it, for lack of better terms, not letting it put them in the grave, but having it cause them to, to find a new joy in life and even deeper joy and even deeper drive. And so I think, I think part of the, the grit that, that I have had to, to grow in um, really came from looking back and thinking of how far they've come. Absolutely. How, how much they've done, you know? Yeah, I do know. And the thing that I'm hearing, uh, I'll put words in the grit, is they seemed able to separate what was happening to them from mm. who they were. And it's yeah. stepping over into who I was created to be. And we all know we were yeah. all created to be something wonderful. And sometimes yeah. we let what happens to us make us make a left turn rather than a right turn. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, well, let me ask you this. Oh, we just talk, talk, talk. Let me ask you something before. <laughs> uh, what would you do, based on the story that you just told us, what would you do if you knew you could not fail? My my simple, like, not deep answer at all is funny. My simple answer is that I would go to Yosemite and I would um, <laughs> free climb the Dawn Wall, which is like has only been done once in the world. So <laughs> that's, my not, that's my not deep answer. No, I love my- that. I love that because, <laughs> one, you said it hasn't been done. Okay. So what you're going to be is an overachiever, right? <laughs> That's what you're going to be, yep. and it's with yep. it's it's within your passion, mountains, right? Yep. So yep. that's not that's a good. I'll give you an A. <laughs> Did you have another Ooh. answer? You got a minute to tell me. Did you have another answer? I like that one myself. <laughs> I think, honestly, if it's kind of funny, but I would actually choose the path of failure because, and this is so like, I would choose it. I would choose to still take on, okay, I will fail at some things. And Kyra, literally the only reason is because I've learned so much from my failure. Oh, I wouldn't be, I hear you. I, you, I know. Am, you know, where I'm like, I can't, I, I am grateful for the failures I've had because I can't imagine not having so maybe we ought to maybe we ought to find another word because they weren't really (laughs) failures because you learned okay Mm, so uh maybe they were just um they were just life okay yeah and uh you you learned how to see life through a different lens as a result of set of circumstances so what we want to do is change the language to describe Mm. and this is what I try to say when I'm I'm mentoring or coaching someone and they describe something I said what other kinds of words could we use Mm. because nothing that you said to me is bad it's just the way you've chosen (laughs) to look at it and I have to say to you young lady that I am extremely proud to have met you and to be a part Mm. I'm at the early part of your journey I cannot even imagine the mountains you're going to climb. But before you do that, before you climb that mountain, I would hope that you'd be willing to 
read the letter you wrote to your younger self to let our listeners know what you see in the rearview mirror of your brief life. Would you do that for me? Mm, Sure, sure. Okay. Okay. Felicity, you do not exist to reach some state of perfection. You exist to know and trust the only one who is perfect and fully good. This one that I speak of is Jesus, and you will get to know him as friend, provider, and so much more someday. He is the one who completely loves you, not because of what you do, but because of who you are. Mm. Lay down those fears, the what ifs, the insecurities, lay down the people-pleasing mentality, and move forward from the place of knowing how loved you are. When you know how deeply loved and valuable you are, you'll begin to overflow that very love onto those around you. There will be hard moments where health issues will hit you, but they will not take you down. There will be trials that come, but know this, you are not alone. God is not only with you, but he has also put incredible people around you. Mm. Don't let the trials of life keep your eyes from seeing the joys. Be present, not hurried. Work faithfully, but your work does not own you or define you or control you. Remember, in all you do, in every moment, in every trial and every moment of joy, God is with you. He is for you. And the adventure he has in store for you is far grander than you could have ever imagined. Mm. Listen to you. (laughs) (laughs) You just heard Ms. Felicity Smith, Executive Director of Legacy Impact, sharing her passion, sharing her encouragement, sharing her empowerment, sharing her bravery. You've been listening to Radio Fairfax in Fairfax, Virginia. We are webcast worldwide every Saturday on www.radiofairfax.org. And you know, I like to drop a little something into a spiritual doggy bag to keep you on the right track, to remember that you're worthy, that you're special, that you're beautiful. And I think today... We're going to create a common thought space meant to encourage and empower. And this one is one of my favorites. It includes a note from love, also known as God, and is offered by author Glennon Doyle Melton. And I quote, stop. Stop holding your breath. Breathe. There's enough. I have created enough. An abundance of acceptance, attention, recognition, joy, peace, money, energy, clothes, food. I will never leave you without enough. And there's nothing to be afraid of. No feeling, no circumstance, no person. These things come and they go. And you can live through them without running, hiding, numbing, or hurting another one of my children. And did you know this, my angel? There has never been anything wrong with you. Y'all hear that now? Not one day in your life. You are exactly who you were meant to be right now, as you are. You are not to be ashamed. You punish yourself, but you have no reason to be punished. 
You can stop now. You're free. You were born. I had put a piece of you in me, a piece of me in you, like an indestructible, brilliant diamond. It is love. Love is perfect, and it's untouchable. No one can take it. It's the deepest, purest part of you. That part that will someday return to me, your love. You cannot be tarnished by anything you've done or that has been done to you. Everyone carries a piece of me. The essence of each of you is love. I want to say to you again, your seat at the table is guaranteed. You are important. You are not an accident. You have something here to grow, to breathe, to donate to the world, a legacy. Please, when you forget that, look in your rearview mirror of reality and see love staring back. This is Tyra. I'm here. I'm listening. And until next time, treat yourself like someone you love.